Welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonato. The Black Knight Nation podcast is brought to you by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company run by Joe Ross. Joe Ross is a former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, former Army officer, and we thank Higher Echelon for sponsoring this podcast. Check out our YouTube channel, uh, Black Knight Nation 1, I believe it is, and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have uh, former Army players, football players, coaches, all that kind of stuff. And today we have a former Army uh, football player on our podcast, Mike White, today. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, I was doing some re- – we talked briefly on LinkedIn and messaging, and, you know, we go we go way back, Mike. We go way back to when you first uh, committed to the Army, right? I wrote a recruiting story on uh, – uh, you know what? I'm a Jersey guy. So any story I could write on a New Jersey commit for Army, I was all back when the newspapers were like, why are you writing recruiting stories back in the day? And I'm like, this guy's from Jersey. I got to write about him. So um, um, talk to us a little bit about your recruiting story and how Army kind of um, found you, so to speak, and how you your decision to go to West Point. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a blast from the past recruit. Um, I, I'm a cross-section of multiple coaching staffs at, at West Point. Um, I was recruited under Bobby Ross. So my story was I was actually committed to uh, North Carolina State. I was a typical senior in high school from Jersey, made a trip down to the Carolinas, fell in love with, uh, you know, the South. And when, when the NC State coaches took me by the dorms and showed me that the football players are across the street from the tennis team, the cheerleaders, it was an attractive place to play college football. Um, but it was actually my family that recommended, hey, you know, West Point's recruiting you still. You like history. Go up to the academy, take a visit, tour the institution, check it out. So that was where my mindset was at the time. And I went up and I met with Bobby Ross and the coaching staff. And it was the greatest sales pitch still to this day that's ever been communicated to me. Coach Ross did a phenomenal job of selling the academy and everything it delivered beyond the football field. You know, he straight up asked me in his office, what are you going to do after you're done playing football? And I was speechless. You know, I was a 300-pound senior in high school, offensive lineman with the visions of grandeur like all of us have. And I hadn't thought about what else besides football. And he was the first one in all my football uh, coaches that I'd met with that mentioned that and um, really got me thinking. And then I fell in love with what the academy offered for me in terms of military service and then the type of people, the brotherhood is is deep, and it really it really means a lot to everybody that becomes a part of it. And it takes a certain type of person that wants to grow as an individual to go to the academy. And uh, Coach Ross communicated that. So I decommitted from NC State. Uh, I remember calling the NC State offensive line coach, Coach O'Leary, who uh, actually prior to that coached for the Detroit Lions as an offensive line coach. And I said, hey, I'm decommitting. I'm going to West Point. And I thought he was going to you know, fight or question. He says, that's the smartest thing anybody's ever done that I've recruited. He goes, you're thinking of beyond the football field. And good luck to you. Um, so, yeah. you know, speaks volumes about the academy and, and what it means across, you know, the, the college football landscape. But I came into the prep school, um, you know, played on a phenomenal prep school team that only lost one game. Unfortunately, the one game is the biggest game. Our only loss was to the Naval Academy prep school team. We had a great prep school season. We played against the likes of LaShawn McCoy when he was in the prep school uh, circuit up in the Northeast. Uh, we played against some great players, um, came in, and then there was a coaching change. And Coach Stan Brock became my head coach, um, and he was the offensive line coach. 
So for me personally, it was a good change. I came into the academy. I, I, I fought through the typical offensive lineman challenges of losing 40, 50 pounds during summer training. Um, was fortunate enough to have phenomenal leaders like Coach Mike Vitti, who was a, a firstie at the time of my plebe year uh, on the team that were great leaders on the team, um, made me comfortable instantly. I was able to start a few games as an offensive lineman as a plebe, which meant a lot to me. Um, and then went through another coaching change uh, with Coach Ellerson. And this is uh, where I can provide a great perspective because I think some of the O-linemen on the team this year are going to go through this. I went through a system change. I, w I was recruited as a pro spread um, offensive lineman with some zone running schemes. Uh, we weren't in the shotgun then, but we had that pro style system that Coach Ross had brought in and Coach Brock had facilitated in his career. And Coach Ellerson brought the option back to, to West Point, which a lot of fans and grads were excited about. As an offensive lineman that was brought in to do a completely different style, it was a huge transition for me. Um, and that was a big challenge for me, and I actually struggled to, to transition. Uh, I ended up being a four-year letter winner, uh, but wasn't you know, a mainstay or a starter every year during those following years and under the option. So it was a big challenge to adjust. But while my personal playing time wasn't there, the team got better. The, the system got better. The program got better. And my first year, we had a, a great season led by a strong defense, Steven Anderson, Josh McNary, phenomenal seniors, defensive players, and we ended up winning in the Armed Forces Bowl or over SMU. Um, and shortly thereafter, a few years later, uh, watched from abroad when I was in the, in the service as uh, Army made yet another coaching change to, to Coach Munkin. Um, but transitioned out of the football program. I became an infantry officer, um, you know, did the Airborne School, Ranger School, Infantry Basic course, got to the 3rd Infantry Division. I deployed as a platoon leader. Um, in the third ID to Afghanistan, came back, served as an executive officer of Battalion S4, and then eventually joined a general staff as an aide uh, to camp before I transitioned out after five years, I got out as a captain. Um, and then since then in the corporate world, uh, I spent some time at Bank of America in Charlotte, North Carolina, got my MBA from the, the Fuqua School of Business at Duke, which is one of the few institutions that has a lot of ties to West Point with Coach K. Um, and uh, then uh, from there, I, I moved on to the energy sector, worked for a company called NextEra Energy in South Florida. And then today, I'm actually sitting in my corporate headquarters in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. I'm, I'm the CEO of a startup um, energy company that develops renewable energy projects across the U.S. So that's my journey from 300-pound Jersey Lyman that you interviewed to uh, a little bit lighter at 225. I'm kind of, you know, a small tight end nowadays uh, at 225 uh, living down here in Florida. Amazing, amazing. You know, uh, first question for you um, would be like the, the power five, committing to a power five school and then saying, you know what, I think the journey might be a little bit different for me at West Point or more my more my style, so to speak. I mean, that doesn't happen too often in Army, you know, where they get a guy who has committed to the power five. So like you said, when you I was wondering maybe what your recruiting trip was like and were you. Did you see like a like-minded people there as the for, the football players that were there? I mean, you talked about VD. You talked about there was Caleb Campbell back there that was a senior. I think there was Jeremy Trimble, but your your freshman year that was a senior. I mean, those were younger guys. Those were guys, sophomores and juniors, maybe on your recruiting trip. But what what made a difference on your recruiting trip? Would you say? I, I would say it was exactly what you just described. Uh, I think I had a vision for who I wanted to become. 
as an adult. And I saw a bunch of people that were closer to that than I was at that time at 18. And I said, man, I got to be in an environment around these guys. And I think another common trait that um, a lot of Army football players have is the instant bonding with the other people that they're on the trip with. And you do a good job, Sal, over the years of covering this. You know, when you see recruits come in together, tracking who was on what official visit. And I remember my official visit, there was a host of people like Steven Anderson who were on the trip with me and I bonded with. I was like, man, I want to go to war with these guys on the football field. You know, we want to we want to play ball together. We, we clicked as a group, whether it was, you know, the other O-linemen or even, you know, playing across the ball folks. The, so the group of people that I visited with were really impactful. I said, I really want to play ball with these guys. These are high achievers. They're going to push me. They're going to make me better. And then, it was, of course, it was the guys on the team already that were firsties, looking at what they had achieved in the classroom and in life, what they had ahead of them in the military, and what they had ahead of them outside of the military. Just complete exposure to people that were very motivating. Um, that was a huge sales pitch to me uh, when, when I attended the visit. West Point can offer that to, to a, a recruit, right? They can take you a little beyond the football field and give you a view of a lifestyle that's pretty attractive for any kind of uh, competitive person. Yeah. I remember Steve, Steve's talked about this so many times on this podcast about bring it back, right? Bringing back winning football to army. I was wondering, is that something that you, that's something you guys probably even talked about on that recruiting trip, I'm guessing there are a lot at prep school, probably to bring the winning football back. And that's something that your class was able to accomplish. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's the brother. Right. That flag that Coach Munkin's done a great job of, of symbolizing and bringing back to, to the academy tradition for the football team. I mean, it runs deep. Um, you know, it, it's beyond the football field. We learn a lot on the football field. It's a it's a proving ground. I know it, it, it taught me a ton and it is a huge part of who I am as a person. But I've talked to a lot of people in the corporate environment that are from Harvard and Yale and other institutions and there's not an academy network that is more devoted to helping each other like the West Point network. Um, and that's the brotherhood. And, and I think when you're a West Point football player and the sacrifices you make in terms of your schedule and your time and your effort to maintain the lifestyle of a cadet plus be a division one football player, it, you know, the brotherhood runs even deeper. You know, when you, when you bump into an army football player, even if they graduated 20 years before you or after you, there's an instant connection of, I know what you went through. I know what you what you achieved. I know what you had to persevere through. There's a respect. Um, it's it's That's the bring it back mentality, right? Guys that, guys that have gone through that and can persevere through that kind of lifestyle and play college football at the highest levels that compete and win. When you were playing, right, I know sometimes when – the current players are at West Point. Sometimes they'll receive letters from the the past players, the old grads, so to speak. Did you did you connect with any anybody through that, Mike, or no? I remember our our team got some letters from Pete Dawkins, right? No better prior uh, Army football player to write a letter, and uh, yeah. you know, bring a season uh, in the Stan Brock era where we were struggling, and we got a letter from him and. Um, it, it, it's exactly what we just mentioned, the bring it back mentality, right? I think what's really interesting is across all the years of Army successful football uh, teams and generations, there's a common thread of just that devotion to each other, to that brotherhood, to persevering, to a, a certain brand of football. It doesn't matter the system necessarily they run or, the, or who they're playing against. That's, that's what 
these old grads are alluding to, right? It's it's the guy that's going to run 60 yards across the field and another 60 yards downfield to hawk a ball carrier down from behind at the two-yard line to prevent a touchdown. And then that team that gets the the, the goal line stand, right? That type of effort, uh, that that re- relentless effort that you don't see on on every Saturday when you watch college football nowadays, that's Army football. They do the little things, right? They 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 do the little things that build up to the fumble you saw this year in the Army Navy game that that drove Army to a victory. That type of every inch type of fight is what the old grads write letters about, and and we got quite a few of those. Yeah, incredible. Um, we wanted to ask you real quick. You mentioned Beast, and now it's things are a little different now at, at West Point with the Army football team. They they don't necessarily come right out of Beast into um into preseason practice, preseason camp. And you said you you lost about forty to fifty pounds during Beast. I mean that must have been an experience. And Mike, I always say this now. Back then, right? If you can go get through Beast. And you can get through that. Then I know you're probably going to do okay at West Point because that's a little bit of maybe a little, I don't know how much you could prepare for it, but was it a little bit of a culture shock there to go through that beast and see what that was like? It was a little easier on me because I had done it at the prep school. So that's oh. one of the reasons why the prep school is so valuable to a, to a cadet athlete and to a football player is you go through it at the prep and your mindset's ready. But I will tell you that um, – it, it doesn't it doesn't remove the fact that you're in this prime part of the college football season and you're you're trying to come into camp at your optimal football fitness. Right. You want to be feeling good. You want to be healthy. You want to be strong. You want to be conditioned. So you step on that practice field and you're ready to go and to step on that field as a plebe and feel 50 pounds lighter. Um, not feeling at your best as a D1 athlete, trying to gain 50 pounds back while you're practicing twice a day, getting ready for the season. It, it's impossible, right? It's an impossible task. Um, so I think the changes that the academy made are, are, are awesome to, to a successful football program. It was a mental challenge for us all um, back, back at that time when we had to go through that type of mentality. Um, it was challenging. And, and mentally, although it did toughen you, for, for fights on later days, right? Just the seeds that are sown on the, on the West Point practice fields and in beast, um, you were constantly playing catch up. I mean, I remember the army offensive lineman uh, back then, you know, we'd be trying to gain weight during the season, right? You're, you're trying to get into shape while the season's going on, not optimal. So it's a big challenge that I think the Academy has made great adjustments to overcome specifically for the guys in the trenches. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you remember what your first start was like? Do you remember that experience? Your your first start, not, maybe not your first game, but your first start and yeah. what that experience was like for you? It was against Tulane when Kevin Dunn threw the Hail Mary to to right at the All back. Right. So yeah, I remember. I remember speaking of conditioning. You know, first start right, and you go out there, and it was a it was a competitive game. Um, you know, Dunn, who hadn't had a lot of playing time at that point, but was a, a great athlete and a great individual came off the bench uh, and, and threw that Hail Mary pass. If you watch the film of that pass, I'm the guy that's like barely kicking out the D tackle I went up against who ended up playing in the league. Um, <laughs> so so Kevin can step into the pocket and deliver the Hail Mary. I just remember that throw going downfield, and I, I couldn't believe that that pass was caught. It was just an unbelievable moment. It's one of those Mikey Miracle memories. I know you've talked about it before, but that was my first start. So it's hard to top that 
from an energy standpoint, um, you know, you go back in the locker room, you know, being part of a Hail Mary victory in your college football career, it's hard to top, but that was my first start. It was, a, it was an amazing experience to be part of. What was the locker room like after that? What, that must have been euphoric, I'm, I'm imagining. It was because of guys like Dunn who had also stepped up. We had a lot of guys that hadn't had a lot of playing time uh, that stepped up in that game and performed and delivered. So it wasn't only, you know, the big victory and the Hail Mary pass, but it was a lot of guys that had been fighting it out on the practice field, fighting for playing time that for whatever reason, whether it be uh, out playing or performing a guy in front of them or just an injury, uh, getting in the lineup and contributing. So it was it was a, a lot of hours of work, months of work, kind of a release of energy moment in the locker room. It felt good. And we, we had a little winning streak under Coach Brock. And, you know, we had beat Temple uh, the following both Corey Anderson at that point and, and Trimble had big plays against Temple at home. We had a, a nice little winning streak in some home games against those teams. So we had a, a little streak and a, a good feel about the team going on. Yeah, I still say the miracle at Mikey is one of the best games I've ever covered there, no doubt, just because of the shock. You're right. I'm like right in my my game story is pretty much written. And I'm like, oh, crap, you know, this is, this is happening right in front of my eyes. And then, you know, the talk to Kevin Dunn after that was just amazing. I mean, just to work. And he, he had a brother on the team, too. Right. I mean, Tim, yeah. Tim Dunn was. Yeah, he had a brother on the team, too. I mean, put him, I, I, were you one of the guys that put Kevin on your on, on your shoulders or no? Uh, at the end, didn't he get? I was right back behind him heaving because I didn't expect my first start to be five quarters instead of four. Um, but the, it was an amazing, amazing night. And he was a great guy. Right. And, and that's, you know, the mark of an army football team that the fans and always see is there's there's an absolute deep bench of guys that are great character individuals who grind it out on the field and practice field who are really talented that, you know, when the moment comes, rise to the occasion. And he was one of those guys, He's a terrific athlete. You can see it on the practice field every day. He's one of those guys that in another era, you put him in an option offense. He was a terrific option quarterback uh, athlete, mm. kind of like that season. Can you imagine if Vidi ever played in an option offense, running the ball straight ahead 25, 30 times a game? So there was a lot of guys like that on the team that year that just opportunities and timing were significant. He got his moment and uh, he's one of those guys just as a, as a plebe looking up to a first you couldn't have been happier for him to have his moment. Great point. Great point. I wanted to talk to you. You talked about the transition uh, from coaching staffs and the new uh, system and offensive system. I want to go to your senior year because um, yeah, that's a special year. That's the first time army had a winning record since 1996. We talked about it a lot with Steve, um, you know, you win the bowl game at SMU and uh, you talked about, you know, just trying to get down that the, 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 the offense there and your senior year, you might not be, seeing the field as much as maybe you want to, but being that type of guy that stays in the program and really is still part of that senior class that gets it done. I wa I'm wondering what like that was your mindset there. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the challenge, right? It, the West Point football team, any D one football team is full of a bunch of alpha male personalities, right? We're all built to be captains of the team, uh, guys that are profiled, guys that get the attention, guys that are in it. They're, not everyone can be on the field at the same time and not everyone can get that. Um, so I was definitely one of those guys that internally struggled through the transition of systems, not playing every down. Um, but that senior season, you know, you're just grinding. And I think it, to be honest with you, I think some of those grinding moments that, 
You know, it's more than about more than you. It's not about you all the time, not about your starts, not about your snaps, but about being part of something special. As that season went along, you could see this was a different Army football team, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, it's just a special defense. Josh McNary, Steve Anderson, a host of guys. Mike Gann was still on that team at D-tackle. There's just a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball that were making big plays each and every week. And you knew you were a part of something, so you did your part. Whatever you could do in practice, special teams, whatever reps you got in games, you did your part, and that adds up, and that builds a camaraderie. Um, and I think that, you know, that could happen to the team this year, right? They're, they're transitioning to a new offensive system. You've got a deep backfield of fullbacks that have been carrying the load these last couple of years. They may not get a game where they get 25 carries this year. How are they going to mentally respond to that? You probably have some offensive linemen that came in that were recruited in the straight up option offense that may be asked to run a little zone read this year out of the shotgun depending on how they come out and, you know, either they can adjust or they may not. And, you know, how do you deal with that mentally? Uh, It's a challenge, but I think beyond the football field, being part of that transition makes you very mentally tough, makes you very nimble, very flexible, certainly makes you a better officer in the military, makes you prepared for any of the uncertainty you face in the corporate environment. So not that this makes any of those individuals that go through that happy in the moment, because it's a challenge not to be the guy anymore but it makes you better. And I think that's the story of a lot of guys on the Army football team is you stick it out and you you buy into the Coach Monk and program and the mindset. What comes out the other end is more than just what you have to show on the football field. It's what it prepares you in life for. No better football program to prepare you than West Point. Yeah, there's been guys in the past that have had that, you know, they see the field earlier in their careers and there might be – they might just – fall down the depth chart a little bit. I can think of a guy like Artis Hobbs, who who was a slot back who really got a lot of playing time earlier in his career. His senior year, he's lined up at wide receiver toward the end of the season because they don't have a, a lot of healthy bodies. And he's doing whatever it takes like for them to get wins. And that's in the time where, you know, there's games, a lot of games being won in in, in at West Point. So uh well well said, well said. Real real quick wanted to get your thoughts on going to this um, you know, this kind of uh I guess gun gun offense, you know, a shotgun offense with Drew Thatcher coming in and leaving the triple option, so to speak. I mean, you might see some 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 triple option maybe looks possibly through this, but um, what are your thoughts on uh, going to the new offense right now? Well, one thing I will say is it's uh, you know uh, you know one of the speeches I used to hear when I left the academy is the Theodore Roosevelt in the arena speech, and I love that speech because everyone at West Point's in the arena. And now I'm in a position in the Army football program where I'm in the stands. I'm not in the arena competing. So I'm I'm humbled by the the ability to present an opinion from the stands. But um, I'll say it's a transition. Um, I think the Army football faithful have to understand the challenge that the offense has this year. Any transition to a new system is challenging. Um, it's not going to be the simplest or the easiest a lot of these guys, if not all of them, were recruited for a specific system. Now they're going to be asked to stretch that uh, outside their comfort zone. I'm going to be really curious to see how they utilize some of these fullbacks that have been so impactful on the offense, Buchanan and Riley especially. They've been key contributors, really talented young men, um, really epitomize the Army football toughness. They don't necessarily fit cleanly into this new system. How are they going to utilize that talent? So. So how do they blend the new system with some old talent? You know, can they make that 
can they get value out of some of that talent that's still, you know, on the roster that was there for a different system. And then the offensive line, I mean, these linemen, I've, I've seen the pounds on the, on the roster just climb. I mean, they have quite a bit of guys that have put on a lot of weight. Uh, they're doing yeah. it for a reason. They're going to a different blocking system. It's a huge challenge for coach VD. If anyone's up to it, it's him, but the offensive line has a different scheme. And these are guys that are used to going north south, uh, real quick step movements, explosion off the ball with leverage. Um, that never changes, but it's a different system in the zone read, right? It's a it's a different blocking system that you have to get almost a feel for and rep. And the speed of the game kind of amplifies depending on who you're going up against. So really going to be curious to watch how they utilize some of the talent that came in under a different system and how the O-line adjusts. But at the end of the day, I think going forward, it was a great move by Coach Munkin and the staff. I think you can tell the last couple of years the offense just wasn't putting up the points that they were. There was some predictability in the system. Um, college football was adjusting a little bit better to the option that West Point was running. And now was a great time, even if it caused a little discomfort this year, to transition to something different, to get a schematic edge. I think You've seen it better than anyone, Sal. They've, they've gotten quite an impressive haul of athletes to come into the academy in this recruiting class. This system's going to attract a different uh, type of athlete offensively that may not have wanted to play in the option, especially at the quarterback and running back position, guys that can see themselves in the open field, throw the ball maybe 15, 20 times a day instead of five times a game, some running backs that can catch the ball in the backfield and get their fair share of open field running opportunities. If they can keep those guys in the academy and get them on the field at Mikey Stadium, we might have ourselves some different athletes we haven't seen before too. So net-net, I think it's great. I just think this season with the schedule they're playing against, it could be challenging with the new system. We all got to remind ourselves of that. Yeah, I think about like the wide receivers now that they can get slot receivers into the program, you know, guys who may, might not have been, you know, qu quick enough to play running back, but, you know, are still good guys that can make plays in the open field and, and, you know, guys that maybe have had big high school careers. I've always been, you know, throwing the ball to now you got like a guy like Noah Short, who is now going into his sophomore year. He was kind of playing at a patchy on defense and he was getting a lot of special teams play last year. But you look at the, the, the spring that Noah Short had as a slot receiver, that guy could, that guy is one of their fastest players last year. That's why he played special teams. He could be a big guy in this offense. And to Tyson Riley's point, he was playing quarterback at the prep school at one time. His freshman year, he was playing tight end because they needed some bodies at tight end his freshman year. Maybe he's an H-back. Who knows? Maybe he lines up in, as a single back every once in a while and say, hey, we need two or three yards. We need those tough yards. Here, you go get them, Tyson. You know, We'll see. I mean, man, I wish – Quite honestly, Mike, I wish the opener wasn't at Louisiana Monroe because I mean, I wish it was a little bit closer. I wish it was a place that I could travel to and, and see this see it firsthand because I, I, I'm interested to see how this is going to go once the once these these plays count, you know. So, absolutely. And then don't forget about how important. I mean, just as curious as I am about the system and the offense and how they adjust that defense. Um, you know, last season. The, they weren't as strong up the middle. You could see against the run and the linebacking core overall, um, they weren't as strong uh, in the interior as they've been. They had a lot of guys graduate over the years. You can only replace so many Cole Christensen's and guys like that. 
how they reloaded that position with some experience now there, some talent there is going to be really fun to watch. Um, you know, the defense, I think, has a lot of good experience to replace some of the talented guys that graduated. But um, there's a lot of interesting storylines there. I think they have some young talent in the program that we've been hearing about that we know since they recruited them. They haven't had all the reps on the field yet. And on defense, we're going to see some of those guys this year on the D-line and the linebacking core. It'll be it'll be fun to see how that defense performs. So it'll, it'll be an exciting season. It's a tough schedule. It, it's um, it's a offense, new system. Air Force and Navy will be strong. Everyone's geared up. But uh, I know Coach Munkin loves that, right? That's what, that's what his teams thrive on. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, depth is going to be really important this year because you're playing a tough schedule. Um, you know, uh, some guys are already fight, were fighting through some spring injuries, trying to get healthy for the preseason and the regular season. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. That inside linebacking core led by Leo Lowen. And you look at guys like Spencer Jones and Calvin Crumby. There's guys that are ready to step up and play. They, I mean, just get them healthy, get them to the field, and we'll see what happens. Uh, want to wrap this up real quick about um, uh, have you connected with like any – current or recent players through being an army football grad have you built any tight relationships i know i want to give new jersey guys a shout out you know following you what frank allen was before you or was frank allen before you he was after me frank but i remember when he came okay. into the program and i remember when he got recruited in and, and he was starting as i was exiting as a great offensive lineman for the army football program yeah, I think of Frank Allen, I think of John Trainer. I'm thinking of the, some of the current guys like Isaiah Austin and uh, yeah. uh, Bo Nicholas Paul. They're, they're Garden State guys, you know. Uh, it's, it's good to see. I always say that Army needs to recruit the Garden State a little bit more because there's so much talent there. There's so much talent in New Jersey. And you're seeing some guys like, you know, yourself, Frank Allen, and now Isaiah Austin, Bo Nicholas Paul, John Trainer going through the program. Is there anybody that you you you, you build a good relationship with that's a, that's a – recent play or anything like that or any not in the last like maybe somebody back in the day that was a former army not in the last couple of years particularly but you know over the years like when i was on my way out think of a guy like ryan kelly who played tackle he was came in as a tight end out of new hampshire got converted to mm -hmm. tackle in the option offense played um you know rodriguez at linebacker whose name's on the stadium i mean those are guys that came in when i was out i stayed in touch with them uh, played with them for a year and then you know we reconnect right talking about the brotherhood those are two guys that would go on to you know the harvard business school for their graduate degrees and i was in the corporate environment uh, at a conference in boston and there i am getting dinner with two of my old army football teammates for a year that are getting business degrees so those are the types of common stories you hear um, you know, you, you remember when you guys were, were struggling through a practice during two days in the Army football program, and now you're out doing great things. Um, you know, so there's a host of people over the years you connect with. And uh, I think that's one of the things that we bring as an alumni base beyond what a lot of others do is we, we just have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Army football players that are all doing successful big things across industries, sectors, whether it's Alejandro playing in the NFL or, or someone else, um, you know, doing things in the corporate world, everyone's connected. Ali is, you know, just got done with a, an amazing NFL football career and story. 
I remember I launched my company seven, seven months ago and co-founded the company that I'm leading right now. And Ali sends me a text message telling me how awesome he thinks it is. Right. I mean, that's the type of brotherhood that it is. Everyone's always on the lookout for talking to each other, reconnecting. It's one of those special things where you could not see an army football player that, you know, for 20 years and then bump into them. And it's like, you never stopped. It's like you saw him yesterday. That's the type of brotherhood it is. I love going to the golf outing, the alumni golf outing in July, and you see everybody meeting up, and you see the generations of Army football players from the, say, the 50s and 60s connecting with the, some of the guys who had just played. It, it, it's really incredible. I used to love going to that. Hopefully, I can get that this year. Um, yeah, and outside of West Point, right? I mean, outside of the football program at West Point, Stanley Cup Finals, you have – West Point grad versus West Point grad, right? Bill Foley in the Vegas Knights yep. versus Vinnie Viola in the Florida Panthers. That's, it, it's it's crazy, to like the West Point. That's the corporate, right, that you're talking about there, the corporate connections. Well, really appreciate you jumping on with us today, Mike. Thanks for sharing your your story as an Army football player and beyond. Um, is there anything you'd like to um, say more about your company or anything before we get off or, or, or plug anything before we get off? Just want to say thanks for having me. Uh, the Brotherhood yeah, thanks run. Thanks for having me. Uh, the and, uh, really happy to be on the show and, and looking forward to watching another outstanding year of our football. And love watching not only what they do to, to put W's on the board, but the way they play. That's that's what we watch for as old grads is the way they're playing is just as important. That that ruthless effort, it means a lot to them and the soldiers that they're going to lead one day. It's, it's not a cliche. It's real. Uh, Army football players have a lot uh, a lot of reputation to carry into each and every game and just happy to be a part of this amazing institution and brotherhood and really happy to talk some football with you in midday today it was a nice break from work absolutely guys check out blackknightnation.com we have some recruiting we have a recruiting story on Dawson Jones a kicker from North Carolina that just committed we'll have the schedule story uh there's there's kickoff times that we talked about I'll write that up after I get off here and check out our Instagram our Twitter account at Black Knight Nation and our YouTube channel that we're on now. Give this a thumbs up uh, and share this uh, video with Mike. Great, great to t catch up with Mike again. Thanks so much, Mike, uh, and we'll we'll see you guys soon. Thanks, Al.